0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I mentioned on Sunday how Palm Sunday makes its way into our liturgy every time we gather around the divine service. We sing Hosanna in the highest as we learn to sing it from the Palm Sunday crowds and also from the Psalms. But something that is most interesting is that Palm Sunday isn't alone in After all, all of the important Christian holidays make it into our liturgy. When we gather together, we sing the original Christmas hymn, Glory be to God on high, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. Every time we hear the preaching of God's Word, it is the preaching of Christ crucified, as St. Paul teaches us to do. Every Sunday, even the Sundays in Lent, are celebrations of the resurrection of Jesus. And so tonight, Maundy Thursday, is the night where Jesus was betrayed, where he gave us his Holy Supper, and this too makes it into our Divine Service Liturgy, of course. In a very real way, we experience in the Sunday Liturgy the entirety of the life and mission of Jesus. But this night is especially important because... Maundy Thursday itself, I contend, is a microcosm of the entirety of the church year. The entirety of Jesus' life and ministry meet in this one service. So using tonight's epistle as sort of our backdrop, we'll investigate this claim. So the first holiday that we find contained in Maundy Thursday is Christmas. St. Paul helps us to affirm that the bread and wine that we eat and drink in the Lord's Supper are indeed the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. Earlier in the same epistle, just one chapter back, St. Paul also says, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation? In the blood of Christ, the bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Well, the expected answer to these rhetorical questions is, yes, of course they are participations in the body and blood of Jesus. So this time of year, we rightly associate the with Jesus' sacrifice that he gives to us in this meal... His sacrifice on the cross. Monday, Thursday is right behind Good Friday. However, let's not rush to that point just yet. This body and blood of Jesus didn't just show up on Monday, Thursday. Here is the mystery of the Holy Incarnation placed before us once again Jesus Christ is true God, begotten of the Father from eternity. But he is also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, who received flesh and blood from his mother Mary. The first communion distribution hymn that we will sing tonight emphasizes this quite nicely for us and makes the Christmas connection. Luther writes, May thy body, Lord, born of Mary, that our sins and sorrows did carry and thy blood for us plead in all trial, fear, and need. Yes, the very same Jesus that was laid in a manger is laid on your tongue when you receive his body and blood. Even before his birth, Joseph was told to name his son Jesus because he was born flesh and blood to redeem his people, to save his people from their sins. So there's Christmas. The second major holiday that we find contained in Monday Thursday is, as we've already hinted at, Good Friday. St. Paul, writing in reference to the words of institution, do this in remembrance of me, says in our epistle reading, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This brings us to a division in Christianity over the Lord's Supper. Some will say that the words in remembrance of me indicate that the Lord's Supper is just a memorial meal. They argue that when the church celebrates the Lord's Supper, it is a symbolic act to jog our memories, to cause us to remember what Jesus did by dying on the cross. But that's an easy enough objection to answer. Again, just simply stick with the words of Jesus. What does he say? Of the bread, he says, this is my body. Of the cup, he says, this is my blood. In fact, Luther famously sat down with a a group of Reformation theologians in the 1520s. And he had uh, gotten to the point where they were discussing the Lord's Supper. And he was frustrated that they kept referring to the Lord's Supper as a remembrance, a memorial. And so he infamously carved into the tabletop the word is. And every time they said something about the Lord's Supper being symbolic or a memorial, he would pound on the table and say, is, is what Jesus has said. So with these words, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the the cup— You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The Holy Spirit is teaching us that the Lord's Supper, when he says, do this in remembrance of me, is to be celebrated as a living proclamation of the death of Jesus and the distribution of the benefits of what he did for us at the cross. Because we cannot go back to the cross, because we cannot go back in time, and because there's no promised benefit for even being at the cross. There were lots of people that were at the cross that were lost in unbelief, but mainly because we cannot go back to the cross. Christ takes what he did at Calvary 2,000 years ago, and he brings it forward in time to us each time we receive the sacrament of the altar. St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. That Jesus instituted this meal on the Passover was not an accident. We read from Exodus chapter 12 earlier, where God commanded the Israelites to keep the Passover as a statute forever. We're not violating the Passover by not celebrating it with a lamb or by not eating bitter herbs and all of the other stuff that they require in the the Passover. We are partaking in the fulfillment of that meal. Jesus is our Passover lamb, and we eat his body and we drink his blood to mark us so that the angel of death will sheathe his sword and pass over us. And is this not what Christ has done for us at the cross? He shields us by his death from the curse of sin and death and marks us as his own with his very blood. And he gives us those benefits to each one of us, individually, at the Lord's Supper. So we have Christmas. We have Good Friday under our belts. Well, the third holiday that we find contained in Monday Thursday is nothing other than the resurrection itself. Again, St. Paul reminds us that the, body and blo- the bread and wine that we eat and drink are, in fact, the body and blood of Jesus. We confess that on Easter, Jesus bodily rose from the dead. We do not worship a dead Christ who is merely raised in spirit. We worship the living Christ, And so the same body that was born of Mary is also the same body that was crucified under Pontius Pilate, suffered, buried, and then raised again on the third day. The scriptures make this quite clear, that Jesus bodily rose from the dead. Mary, in John 20, clings to the body of Jesus when when she sees him at the tomb. Jesus invites his disciples to look at, and even with, in the case of Thomas, to touch the wounds that the nail and the spear made in his body when he was at the cross. Jesus ate on a number of occasions with the disciples after he was raised. In fact, with this kind of thinking, we could probably go ahead and bring in the ascension of Jesus and also his return into judgment. Acts 1 records that Jesus ascended bodily into heaven and sits at the right hand of God and that he will also one day return in the same way that he went away from us. So we've got holidays four and five right there, the ascension and Christ's return in judgment. So you see people loved by God. Monday, Thursday really does. Give us every little bit of Jesus' life and ministry and thus the entirety of the church year because on this day, your Lord Jesus Christ gives himself to you. He makes you a full partaker in his incarnation, his life, his suffering, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, and his coming again. When we eat his body, and drink his blood, he gives us the benefit of these things. By his incarnation, by his taking on human flesh, he shows us that our bodies were created to be part of God's good creation and that they will be made new again. By his death, he gives us his life. By his resurrection, he promises resurrection to our mortal bodies, which will be made like his glorious body at his appearance. By his ascension, he brings our humanity into the very presence of God in his unfiltered glory that not even Moses could behold. And by his return, he will deliver to us all of these promises, but we won't have to hold on to him by faith, by something that we can't yet see. When Jesus returns, we will experience all of these things with our eyes, with all of our senses. As Luther writes in the large catechism about this sacrament, he says, here, he, Jesus, offers to us the entire treasure that he has brought to us from heaven. And here, dear saints, tonight he gives it to you. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.